0: Welcome to the Sonship Life. We are life again because we are alive in Him. And so, because we are alive, we are live. We are, we are in the streams of the living one today. We are in the streams of the God who lives. And because He lives, we live with Him. And I have a title and, um, I, this title came in the form of a message that was really overwhelming me. Um, in the middle of the night and um, in my deep sleep, there was the, the, this communication coming forth of this message. And um, I woke up to this title. I woke up to this title. Faith overcomes the scene. Faith overcomes the scene. And as I locked into that phrase, I again relived that message that he had impressed within my spirit man, even as my outer man slept. And so I will endeavor by the Holy Spirit to bring forth this truth, to bring forth another layer of truth that is found in the word of God as to who he is. And because of who he is, we are now just as he is. And so Let's just take dominion over every opposing force. Let's take dominion over every opposition, whether in our mind, whether outside of our minds. We Every force that wants to hinder the utterance, we shut it down right now in Jesus' name. We take authority and we say, life be the utterance of the word of God is life. And life will not be hindered within us today. Utterance will not be hindered because if our God is for us, who can be against us? So here we go. Here we go. Faith overcomes the scene. Faith overcomes the scene. We are the children of the unseen God. We are born again. We are born of the Spirit of the Living God. The just shall walk by faith. Our life as a Christian is to be by faith and not by sight. And over the many weeks, and even in your own personal meditation of your reading in the Word of God, we cannot escape the reality of the supernatural that we are part of now. You see, reality is not what you see with your natural eyes. You can't believe everything you see, and most definitely you can't believe everything you hear. Truth is Jesus. Truth is the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And he alone leads us in truth. He is the spirit of the father. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Therefore, we can say that all in truth, in truth, who he is, he is truth. God is truth. Are we free? For his truth, what? Has set us free, and we are what? Now free indeed. So the only lane of freedom to the believer, and really to all mankind, is found in Jesus. Who is truth? Now we all have the freedom of choice. And we really can't impose our way on someone else. It comes by revelation, which is the work of the Spirit. Liberty is not man-made, nor man-imposed, nor man-sanctioned, but is solely demonstrated in the movement of the Holy Spirit, who is unseen. That's why we pray to the unseen God, for all men to see the unseen God. How? Through the eyes of faith. How does that come about? Revelation. You see, we can't escape the supernatural. And yet, there is such a great shying away in Christendom from the supernatural. But the world loves it, wants it, and the devil is more than happy and eager to bring a delight and a satisfaction of their desire of the supernatural. But we Christians are born from above, we are of God. And have overcome them every lying, accusative spirit that wants to paint a wrong scene. S-C-E-N-E. But faith overcomes that scene. Uh, uh, faith overcomes that which you see in the natural. Only faith. So let's go to first John. In no way I'm gonna go chapter five. First John chapter five. We're gonna read verse four and five. Well, let's start the beginning of, 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 of chapter five. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Who is Jesus the Christ? This is the writings of John. In his larger writing, the book of John, he calls him the Word made flesh. So can I say whoever believes the Word made flesh is born of God? Yes, because peter says to us that we are born by and through the incorruptible seed of the word of god you see that it is written reality is really the doorway into the spiritual of thus says the lord the capture and capturing and the soundness of his voice is found in the word of God. It is written. How visible is his voice? And we know, we know that we now that are born again, have been given the right, the authority to be called the children of God. And every child knows the voice of his father and the mother. Every child knows the parental sounding through an inner working. And that's why Jesus says that his sheep, they know his voice. In a stranger's voice, they will not follow. You see, you and I have an inworking of the Holy Spirit, an unction John calls it, to follow the lead of his voice. Who is the word made flesh? Who is our shepherd? His voice shepherds us in the unseen. What am I trying to say? Quit looking at the scene. Quit looking at the scene and discouraging yourself and wanting to self-motivate yourself and wanting something to change on the outside. The change is already working within you. This transformation, this metamorphosis, it is even by the Spirit. As we, with unveiled faces, are what beholding Him, the law of liberty, John call, uh, James calls Him, the Word of God, Jesus. And so faith, faith. The just shall live by faith is the most freeing statement you can ever hear because it's only in faith do you have authority to overcome all. Only in faith in this unseen realm that has formed the universe. Through the word of God, we by faith understand, Hebrews writes, Hebrews 11, that the worlds were formed, they were fashioned. And everything that we see was made of that which is not seen. So why spectate the scene? (laughs) Why be moved by a worldly scene? Why? You know, it's all a stage. And the backdrops keep keep changing, the backdrops of the scene. But you... In the Spirit, have dominion to determine the backdrop of your life. By seeing the only one who came, who God the Father dropped from heaven, the one that came down from heaven and humbled himself and lived life as a man, walked in such submission and humility to the voice of his Father. so he can overcome all. So we can be of good cheer and be imitators of the one who's overcome all. See, faith overcomes the scene. And this morning I wrote, it is all about overcoming. It is all about the overcoming. Don't you be believing a lie that you can be a quitter and be just fine? Absolutely not. Don't you believe the lie that you can lose it all and be perfectly happy, be content? Absolutely not. You are made for dominion. You are made for conquest. You are made to walk in the image of the conqueror that went down to the pit of hell and triumphed over the devil mightily through the cross. It was on that cross that every obligation that was stout against us, every art, should be Those was stout against us, he abolished, nailing it on the cross, Colossians 2 writes. Beware of anyone that preaches the gospel without the message of the cross. You see, the triumph of Christ is found on that, on that, on that cross where he became a curse for us. The curse that really was to land on us that we, we were walking in. We were walking with no rescue, no way out. If you break the commandment on one little, I on one little precept, we've broken the whole commandment of the law of God. But he came and abolished. He abolished all the requirements. He fulfilled the law for us. So that now we can be born again. And all of what I said, you believe. How? Because it is written. Because you've heard his voice in the it is written. So let's go to 1 John 5. And where did we start in verse 1? Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. What a statement. Which means there's no alternative. Not to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Therefore, that one will not be born of God. And anyone who loves him, who begot also loves him, who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, the ones that are born of God, the ones that believe that Jesus is the Christ. Those are the children of God and no other. Very clear. And we know there's only two masters. And man is not a master of his own. He's not the third option, by the way. There's only God and Satan. You either serve God or you serve mammon, filthy looker. The way, the system of this world that Satan is lord over. Those are the only two options we have. Oh no, I'm independent of No, you're not independent of it. But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. Not burdensome. God is love. Love is not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. He could have said anything at that moment. The Holy Spirit could have said, whoever is born of God, and you want to feel your, uh, feeds the poor, um, forsakes, walks away from truth, and you will be just fine. Walks in bondage, but that's okay, because he's, you know, He's okay. Go pity him now. No. Whoever is born of God, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And there's no condemnation to those that are found in Christ. We are called to serve one another. We are called to carry each other's burdens. We are called to feed the poor. We're called to bring a rescue mission through the love of God to the one that's oppressed. But all of that looks like overcoming. All of that looks like a position of dominion. That freely have I been given this love and this, this substance and this, this endowment, this grace of the Spirit. And freely do I give it out. That is without a grudge, without compulsion. That's an overcomer's reality. Of knowing I am of God, and I am led in triumph always in Christ. That's what the word says, Paul to the Corinthians, that Christ always leads us in triumph. And so no matter where we find ourselves in this life here on earth, there is a way out. And the way out is through faith. And you know, faith comes only through the hearing of truth, the Word of God. So that we can have this confidence, because I'm born of God, I have already overcome the world. Because I'm born of God, I have already overcome the world. Because I'm born of God. Not because I can make so much money. Not because I'm so pretty. Or so handsome. So smart. So fit. So conniving. I can lie myself out of every situation. Absolutely not. We cannot walk in the curse of the world and be an overcomer in God. That's why, that's why we are encouraged to let the light of Christ shine through us. You see, because John also writes in 1 John 5, the darkness cannot overshadow, extinguish, snuff out light. His light in us. So this place of the overcoming is found in truth alone. Because the entrance of his word brings light. And this light, actually, I, ha- I looked it up this morning in the strong concordance, that word. In 1 John, w- sorry, in John 1, 5. John 1, 5 reads, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That's the NIV. The new living reads, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. The ESV. The light shines in the darkness. Light is meant to shine in the darkness. Not hide. Not cower. Not mingle. But to shine. Shine. Radiate the very glory and goodness of God and the darkness has not overcome it if we look at the strong's concordance on that word overcome it the darkness has not strong reads the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it that is 2638 it's different from the one that we read in first john 5-4, but this one in, in John 1 5 is the word 2638 katalambano, and it means to lay hold of to seize darkness cannot lay hold nor seize this light that shines. That's why we can understand why Jesus said, Satan has no hold on me. Because he walked in light of that which he saw the Father do and that which he heard the Father say he said. He is the light of the world. He did not compromise on the instruction of the Father and therefore Satan had nothing on him. That word katalambano means, it comes from two words, kata, and lumbaro kata ca- means down according to which intensifies the second word lambano aggressively to take. Properly, it can be translated to take hold of exactly with decisive initiative, eager self-interest. When I'm saying that, keep in, in mind the darkness Satan cannot purposefully bring us down. Cannot. Take hold of exactly with decisive initiative, eager self-interest to grasp something in a forceful, firm manner. Figuratively to apprehend, to comprehend, make it one's own. Darkness cannot make light its own. You're God's. And last week we read, God knows his own. And when you're God's, you're not Satan's. Because you're born of God. And as a child of God, you now have this right to walk in light. Matthew writes the words of Jesus that we now are this light in the world. And we're not to hide the light. Under bushel, but it's to be set up high on the hill, because only then can we not be apprehended by the wicked one, only then can we not be laid hold of and seized and captured actually, I'll keep you I haven't even touched first john five four yet, but um in uh, Romans twelve, as I read this, as I speak this, this comes to me. You see, either you capture or you'll be captured. Either you overcome or you'll be overcome. And when you serve God, when you acknowledge in your birth in Christ, when you know that you are a Christian, born of God. You have this assurance of victory alone. You have this persuasion that no matter what it looks like, you overcome it. Because you are living solely on that which the word says. It is written. I am of God. Over, I have already overcome the world. Romans 12 21. I'll just go here quickly. Yeah, Paul writes, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. And that word overcome in this moment is what we'll look into First John 5 for that word overcome. It actually comes from the noun Nike. like with Nike, I think in, in Greek it might be Nike. To be victorious over. So now let's go back to First John. Make it your point today. Make it your strong persuasion today. You're not going down. You can't go down. You're of God. You are far above it all. Together with Christ, you've been raised to the heavenly places where He sits. In Him you sit. And, and here, actually just above in First in John 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this. We may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, because of what he just said in 17, as he is the resurrected king of glory, we too with him together have been raised through his resurrection into this living hope to know that I am the very loved child of God and I'm destined to walk the overcomer's walk, to walk the victorious walk, to run the race unto the finish line and to get the champion's crown, only to be able to lay it at his feet again. For he alone deserves the glory. Because this life that we live now, it's really his life in us. All my messages, this is really a combination of all the messages preached until now. Of reckoning the outer man dead. Because in the outer man, in your carnal senses, you will always live by that which is seen, the way of the world, which is defeat to you as a Christian. Pure sorrow and regret and remorse, oh, the time is found in the scene. This morning, when he woke me up, some of the phrases I actually was able to capture on my notes. When he spoke, Faith overcomes the scene, he said, The past is back. He was tying the messages coming up to today, which were fixed gaze in a forward press, the forward lead. And last Sunday was for all live to him. He said, the past is back. It is a past past. It's gone. Past is the scene. You've seen it all. Back there, you know how it was. But now you overcome the memory of it by moving forward. That is faith. But now you overcome the memory of it by moving forward. That is faith. The opposite of faith is that shrinking back that Hebrews writes about, that God is not pleased with those that shrink back unto perdition. And then he kept repeating over and over in the moment of this message at five in the morning or four in the morning. Time escapes me now. What hour it was. He kept saying, it is written is the mind of Christ. The it is written is the mind of Christ. You want to know the mind of Christ? Go back and it is written. Open up the word of God again and hear his voice in the it is written. The very rhema of God coming out of the Logos coming out of this fullness of expression of who he is through the written word. And then, when you hear what is written, you see, this word has innate power to unstop your hearing. This word has innate power to unblind you. This word is a hammer to soften a hardened heart. And when you read it is written, it is unstopping your hearing to hear his voice. And at that moment, faith comes and overcomes what is seen. Oh, I love it. He said, when you hear what is written, the most supernatural work of the Holy Spirit is this lead in truth, the disclosure of Jesus within the written pages of the Bible. To open up our ears to hear his voice. At that moment, Faith comes and overcomes the what is seen, and God called that the hearing of faith. Of course, we know that's the hearing of faith that Paul talks to the Galatians about. Who has bewitched you, he said to them in chapter 3. You started this by the Spirit in faith, but now you're going to revert to your carnal understanding, to to cross all the obligations, the commandments of the law. But you see, when you walk in the liberty of the Spirit, you never trip up with the commandments of God. Because walking, you're walking in the fulfillment of who He is. You're walking in a finished work of completion. You're walking in a power that is dominion on earth because He has overcome it all. All right, let's go back to 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. This is the Nike. Nike. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Victory is the noun. And the overcome is the verb of the same word in the Greek language. We'll look those up. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he? Who is he who overcomes the world? Who is the one that overcomes the world? It is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm telling you, this new birth in Christ is dominion. There's no failure in you believing in Jesus, no matter what it seems like. And we know we have an man that we are daily reckoning dead because he says, what does he say in Matthew? I'll just go, I put my little notes, I'll, I'll be fast in living through. Matthew 16, 24, the preaching of the cross in this hour is very important. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says to the disciples, to his disciples, he says this. If anyone desires to come after me, to live this victorious life by saying they believe in me, by forsaking the past that we read last week, what it means to be fit for the kingdom of God from Luke 9 is to follow him, to follow him. If anyone desires to come after me, let him, let him do what? Embellish his flesh? No, deny himself and take up his cross. We all have a cross to carry. That is the crucifixion of the old man. And that is the work of transformation of the Holy Spirit. Be of myself, I cannot do this. But under the lead, with my eyes firmly, placed on Jesus, I will walk, for there alone am I led by his Spirit. Romans 8 talks about this mortification that the Spirit of the Lord undertakes in our lives. So we will not be in our carnal minds an enemy to God. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, for my sake, will find it. For what profit is it, I ask you? Has Jesus asked his disciples, what profit is it? What profit, what gain, what benefit, what advantage is it to you? If a man, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. You see, this world is to be overcome, not to be gained. The system of the world is to be brought to naught, not to be embellished in or enriched by. Father God gives all things freely and richly for us to enjoy all things that are His. We've been entrusted with the joy of His Spirit. And you always lead us in triumph. In this conquering march of dominion. There's no lack there. There's no lack of revelation there. There's no lack of grace and wisdom there. How to come out of a bind. There's no lack of understanding how to walk in the favor of God and man. Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. So when we're talking about the overcomer's walk of the believer, we're mindful to keep it in light of walking in the spirit. Walking in the liberty of the lead of his spirit. Because those that are led of the spirit of the Lord, those are the mature sons of God. They're the mature sons of God, Romans 8. You can read Romans 8 in your time. I don't want to live too much right now because I, I want to finish here what I, 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 I felt the Lord impressed me to talk about. Let me read the concordance of 1 John 5, 4. The Strongs. Because everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. And that word faith is, of course, pistis. Let's go to overcome whoever. Whoever is born of God overcomes. That word overcomes is 3528, nikao. It means to conquer, to prevail. So you see, our new birth has given us this prevailing power. Our new birth in Christ has given us a conquest that is a sheer grace based on that which he has done at the cross. What did he do at the cross? That's why the message of the cross is pivotal to the Christian. I know he's not on the cross. I know he went down to the pit of hell, but he couldn't go down to pit of hell if he was not put on the cross. A righteous man he was. That became sin. You see, the grave could not hold down a righteous man. But on the cross, he became sin for you and I, so that we will not have an identity of sin anymore. What an exchange! He took on humanity. And that wrath, that wrath that was due, uh, uh, that was due, that was due to to come on us. He took it, he took it, so he could cry out, "Father, why, why have you forsaken me?" Sin separated him from the Father. He took it all, went down to the pit of hell, and did what there? Did not cry, bah, 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 bah. no. He conquered there. The grave could not hold him down. And the only way was out. Resurrection was his portion. Why? Because he went to the cross. Without the cross, there would be no defeat of Satan. Colossians 2. And then Second Corinthians will do. Keep keep your finger in First John. We'll keep coming back and looking at these words. And I have a sense I might have to finish this message next Sunday or next two Sundays. We're gonna camp here for a while. Colossians two. It starts. It starts eleven about being circumcised with circumcision made without hands, by the putting off of the body of the sin of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism. We are now through this, you see, this, this identification. You have to identify fully with Christ. The circumcision of the death and the burial. Buried with Him in baptism in which you were raised with Him. You are raised with Him through faith. How? Through faith. That's how you are raised up and out of every situation. Faith in the working of God. Not wondering if God's going to come for you today. Is God going to come through for me now? Oh, He's already come through for all of us. Faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead and you being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has what? He is what? Made alive together with him. You are made alive together with him. Death cannot touch you no more. In Christ, you've already passed from death to life, never to taste death because he's tasted death for all humanity. Hebrews chapter 2. Why afraid of that passage should Jesus tarry? Why afraid of death? Where is that sting? That grave? No fear we have. All we see is the one salvation, who who was raised, and together with him, we've been raised again by faith, by faith in the working of God, and so. He has made us alive together with him, having what? Forgiven you all trespasses. You are forgiven today. As a Christian in Christ, you have forgiveness. Walk in it. Walk in this liberty. Be a light. Don't mingle with the world. And allow Satan to capture you. But overcome evil with good. And look what he's done. He's forgiven us of all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Look, having nailed it to the cross, having nailed it to the cross, There's no more condemnation in Christ because that has been that requirement that is always kind of looking over your head that the devil is wanting to constantly bombard you with. You can bring it back to this moment. There's no devil. It's been nailed on the cross. He talked to Christians. Says so much struggle with condemnation. Why am I so passionate? Why am I so passionate? A lack of revelation of this power that we have in Christ has made so many subjects to demonic lies, has paralyzed so many when Satan is the paralyzed one, the word says. Christ has them. him, destroyed him, bound him up. Having disarmed, this is what he's done. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Triumphing over them in it. And this is a direct reference to what he's done on the cross. Actually, some translations, some translations bring that to light as well. It's the... um Yeah. The New Living Translation reads, In this way, he, that is Jesus, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. By his victory over them on the cross. And and so now we can understand why Satan was remorseful. We have it here in 2 Corinthians Actually it's 1 Corinthians ability. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Paul writes. In verse 6 let's say let's start. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, because the wisdom of this age has come to naught. This world has been already overcome by him. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. Coming to nothing. They're coming to nothing. Why be afraid of something that's coming to nothing? Why be afraid of something that's coming to nothing? What did we read last week? I'm all over the word. That's okay. Keep, I, I'm not done with, with where I was in 1 Corinthians 2. But this comes to mind. We we read it last week. 2 Corinthians 4. 4.17. For our light affliction, which is, but for a moment, the coming to nothing. But for a moment is working for us. And yet in this coming to naught, it's working for us. A far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. While we do not look, while we do not look at the things which are seen. Why? Because we've got the eyes of faith. But at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temper they're coming to naught. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And then we read in chapter 5, 7 that we walk by faith, not by sight. And so now back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is the mystery that we speak of the ages of Christ, the overcomer. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Check out verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew, For had they known, they would have what? They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Their greatest point of grief is that cross. They missed it on the cross. And we look at the cross and we cry a river, poor Jesus. Oh my, that's the greatest victory that you can behold is that cross because he's not there anymore. The cross could not keep Him. The grave could not keep Him. Hell could not keep Him. He's the resurrected King of glory. This is what we're made to do. It's to come out of every circumstance, but it always comes through the way of the cross. What is that? It's reckoning this out of man. Don't spectate that which is seen. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. What has overcome the world? What has overcome the world back to First John 5. What is overcome? What is it? This victory has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith, How can I be so stirred up? Because I believe what He says. I believe what he says. I hear His voice in that which is written. This is the thrill. This is my assurance of the life that I have in him now. And it's only by faith can I overcome that which is seen. And you too as a Christian have the right to overcome. The right to overcome. That word overcome in 1 John 5, 4 that we read. To conquer, to prevail, to be victorious, to overcome, to subdue. There are some things you ought to subdue in your life. And the number one is this, this, this carnal pull and push. Self-validation, self-accreditation, needness of someone to validate you, looking to man to exalt yourself, selfish ambition, The love of money, that is the root of all evil. Being moved by this carnal, this carnal push and the pull of the world. No, we subdue that. We are now more than conquerors. And do you know, if I have time I look at that word too in Romans 8, more than conquerors. It is this is the word it is to conquer, to be victorious, to overcome, to prevail. And I love that. Uh, if I look at some of the lexicon, the breaking down of this word and how it's been used in scripture, we have here instances where it's been used in, for example, in Revelation 3 2, 2, 21. And I'll look at some of these revelation scriptures next time, but it is, it's an absolute. Victory. It's an absolute overcoming. It's an absolute conquest. To carry off the victory. To come off victorious. There's no defeat. Not even a little bit of it. Not even a sliver of defeat. Think about it. Think about it. How much of that we put up on a regular basis. Why? Because we choose to look at the scene. Well you know, it's better than it was. Well you know, you know, I'm okay where I'm at now. I'm okay now. I'll just gonna I'll just gonna cruise. I'll go on cruise control, just gonna, you know, enjoy life a little bit. You of enjoy life for a little bit on cruise control. We just went through a few years that were really wake up years. And only to realize we, we, we all were a, a, on some level at some point in this lukewarm expression of religiosity. We've got to wake up out of this stupor that we're just okay. We can just cruise our way into heaven. There is an assignment to be a light. To shine this light forth so darkness would not overcome this, this, th- 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 those that are around us. Not just me and myself. Our families, our neighborhoods, our cities, our provinces, or our states. The regions we live in, our nations. We The Christians, we, the church of the firstborn, are a ruling body in the spirit and we have a say-so. And this say-so is based on that which he has done. And he is now leading us in the say-so that he has done. It is finished. He's won it all. He strived over the enemy mightily, paraded him as a prisoner. A captive. Satan is defeated. So we now carry off the victory. We come off victorious because of it. It's from this word, again, Nicky or Nike to subdue literally or figuratively. To conquer, to overcome, to prevail, to get the victory. Get the victory in your mind. Get the victory in your mind. Bring down every failure thought, remorse, regret, condemnation. Subdue it. Bring it under dominion of this conquering king, the word of God. If I look at, so this was the the verb I said of the word Nike which is the noun, and then look at it, it is victory. It's also used in the same verse, right, that this is the victory. That word victory, uh, victorious, It is. it means conquest. A particular expression of victory, listen, resulting from receiving, obeying the faith Christ imparts. Your victory is found in your receiving the faith that Christ imparts. How does he impart faith in you? Through the word of God. Where does he live now? Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is his inward persuasion. His inward persuasion is victory. It is victory. If you're not hearing a victorious way out of your situation, you're not hearing the conquering king. This is why, this is why Paul writes, where's Paul to Timothy? Where is the book of Timothy? For Hebrews somewhere. What does Paul write to Timothy? Cower! foot around the matter! Do nothing. pretend you're dead. Wait till the trumpet sounds. Is that what Paul tells Timothy? Be lukewarm, mingle with the world, lest they persecute you. Actually, I looked, and I, I've got to go look back again. I don't want to be wrong on it, but I looked at those churches, the seven churches. The only one he didn't talk about overcoming is the one that was being persecuted, the persecuted church. He says, remain faithful. But all the others, he talked about overcoming. Even to the Church of Philadelphia, the the faithful church, he says, keep on keeping on, keep overcoming. But to the persecuted church, he didn't say, overcome. You can't escape persecution is what I'm saying. You can't escape persecution. You are light. Darkness hates light because it loves its evil deeds. We keep sh- keep shining your light. Keep shining your light and keep declaring if God before me. Who can be against me? We read the darkness cannot apprehend overcome light. Meditate first John 5. Sorry, John chapter 1, verse 5. But here we're going to finish with Paul's instruction to Timothy. A command he's given to him, a charge. And that word is also a command. What does it say in 1 Timothy 1, verse 18? This charge or this command, this command. I commit to you, son Timothy. You call yourself a son to me, Timothy. Well, this is what you ought to do, Timothy. This is what you do as a son of God, Timothy. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, according to the word of God, according to that which God has declared over your life. You see, you always have to use the armor of God. You always have to use a double-edged sword of the word of God. Not your carnal senses. I want one more experience with God. I think God loves you. Or maybe he doesn't love me. Someone tell me how much God loves me again. Someone please pity me. Mm -mm. Get up. Get up. This is the charge all of us have that's been committed to us according to the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them by these divine proclamations you may do what? wage the good warfare conquer it all wage the good warfare how? having faith having faith having faith and a good conscience. Knowing that the blood of Christ has sanctified you and given you, purged your conscience. That you are now born from above. A child, a child of God. With a pure conscience. Believing the word of God. Not straying from the word of God. It's how you wage a good warfare. How you know you're coming out. How you have the confidence to save God before me. Come on now. Who can be against me? Having faith and a good conscience with some having rejected. What? Some that used to embrace faith and a good conscience have now rejected it. Oh With yeah. some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. And so today, we're not going to reject it. No, no, no. We'll keep on in this good fight of faith. We'll keep on in this command that was given to Timothy and to us as well by the Holy Spirit to wage the good warfare. Having faith and a good conscience. Lest we reject it. And verse 20 talks about blaspheming. Against the word of God. Well, let's do, let's do, I said that, but I'll, I have to go back to First John. Very fast. First John 4. Maybe two verses and that's it. It's how we finish. Faith overcomes the sin. How can you have this confidence? Because we're told by the Holy Spirit through John again. First John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. All these deceptive spirits, the way to test, we've already overcome them because he who is in you, he who is in you, is greater than he who is in the world. And so we have an assured victory by faith through faith only, only when we walk the walk of the just by faith. Amen. We are done for today. Thanks for coming and joining me once again.